0: Well, good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever it is, uh, where you are at the moment, everybody. I'm Anthony Wilson. Welcome back to the Mastering Risk Management podcast. So uh, today we've got a great guest, Matthias Riolfi. and Matthias is the co-founder and CEO at Tint. Now, for those of you who haven't heard of Tint, I'm going to get Matthias to explain exactly who Tint is and what they do. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about him first. So before he was at Tint, Matthias was the Director of International Expansion at Turo and launched the company in Canada, the UK and Germany. Now for those listeners that don't know, Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace, so uh, quite an achievement there. Um, he pioneered the operations, including designing risk management in different stages of the company and sourcing insurance in various countries. He's a licensed insurance broker in all 50 U.S. states, holds an MBA from Harvard Business School and a dual degree in business from the University of Sao Paulo and Kedge Business School. So, Mateus, welcome to the program. Hi, Anthony. Thank you so much for having me. No, it's a great pleasure. So, sounds like an interesting career path. Before we get into Tint, and I'm sure the listeners will uh, love to hear what Tint's all about, just maybe wow. tell us about the career journey. How did you get started uh, you know, how did you end up doing what you're doing today?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm uh, born and raised in Brazil. As, as you can see, uh, I went to University of Sao Paulo, was a consultant, and and eventually I came to the U.S. for business school. And the reason why I came is that I wanted to launch global businesses, and I thought that especially in technology, coming to the Silicon Valley uh, would be you know, a, a great place to do it. So I moved here uh, after graduation almost 10 years ago. And as you mentioned, I ended up joining Turo as one of the early employees. And at no. the time, I was just a regular business person, generalist. And I found myself uh, running international expansion and spending about 80% of my time with insurance. So for the ones in the audience uh, that who don't know Turo, Turo is a peer-to-peer car sharing marketplace. So basically, you rent cars from other people, not from professional car rental companies. All As right. you can imagine, the insurance is very challenging in this yeah. in this prospect. Now, cars are illegal on the road in most countries, including the United States, if they don't have insurance. And the personal insurance that those cars carry don't cover commercial transactions. So Turo had to pretty much invent its own insurance category or PHP or car sharing um, insurance. So every time... I was going to launch a new country, Canada, in in Europe, and when I look at Australia as well, we had to figure out insurance before we could even be operational in the country. And I had no idea that would be part of my job going into it, uh, but I confess that I loved it. I was fascinated by the insurance business. I was fascinated by a company like Turo, which is a technology company, was becoming an insurance company in disguise. They were running most of the insurance product in-house. They had a lot of data insights that you know, traditional insurers didn't have in their business model. But I also saw how hard it was right, for a company that you know, is not an insurer to yeah, operate yeah. And, and make sense of all of this is required. And that was a little bit of the inspiration for uh, my co-founder, who was also Turo. Um, at the time, they had data scientists, the company, and myself to, to leave and start Tent.
0: Excellent. Okay. So that's a great proving ground and, um, you know, a real test for the concept, I suppose. So tell us about Tint. Yourself and your co-founder went out and, and kicked Tint off. So maybe give the listeners a bit of an idea of the story of Tint and, and, and what it does. Yeah. Uh, so, well, Tint uh,
1: makes it easy for uh, tech platforms to create their own embedded insurance products. So companies like Turo can create insurance and protection products that sell more and they can uh, increase their margin. So think about the Turo example. So imagine Turo didn't have insurance. So at first it would be illegal, but let's assume that even if it wasn't illegal, you would have basically have to convince a car owner, let's say you own a Porsche, that you will share your car with a stranger that will take the key and drive away. And then if the car was stolen or got into an accident, you would not get paid. If the car never came back, you just lost your Porsche. Like obviously, the Turo business model wouldn't work in this in this case. So the company creates insurance product and not only kind of gives comfort for the community that if anything goes wrong, uh, they are covered, but also really helps Turo to monetize it, right? So they, it, they got a risk that is um, intrinsic to their business model of people sharing cars and were able to monetize it and eventually transform that into a profit center because they sell some of this insurance protection to their
0: users. Right. Okay. So if I'm a tech platform, I want to make sure I build the insurance protection into the tool. Tint can help facilitate that product. But is it just insurance per se, or do you provide services and support? Is there uh, that element as well? So for instance, claims management and those sort of things.
1: Yeah. From, for, for our customers, we provide, a we, we call it an insurance in a box or an end-to-end solution. Because right. we do have the software, so all the core systems that they will require to run a protection or insurance products, such as the you know, policy administration, claims administration, the rating engines, like all the really the core the core software that the customer can just plug into their own, own products and kind of operate that in, in a very streamlined way. But you're absolutely right that we also help with compliance, with operations, with you no know, wall. the the kind of back-end parts that the customers will need. And finally, we can match them with capacity. So we are a licensed broker, at least in the United States, so we can bring insurers or alternative ways of financing the risk that our customers are taking with their embedded insurance and protection products.
0: Wow. So that is a uh, that is a different way of thinking about business. That's uh, a, an excellent idea. And uh, what sort of industries uh, are you getting penetration in?
1: Yeah, what really excites us about this concept of you know, embedded insurance is that we're seeing action everywhere. So we, you know, we met a company in really like dozens of different verticals. Um, they have an insurance opportunity and I'm and thinking about how to use that as a way to, you know, again monetize and uh, the the use base and, and increase conversion, but we're now like really going deep into two verticals, uh, shipping and and vacation rentals. So like people renting out vacation properties to others through marketplaces or through through agents.
0: Right. Excellent. Okay. So um, yeah. So the take up's quite good, and it's it's quite a. Um, it sounds like it has potential to go into a number of areas and even things you probably haven't even thought of yourself, I guess there'd be applications uh, that hopefully people listening to the program are thinking about right now saying, hey, this might be something I can do just to make my offer in the marketplace a little bit more attractive, um, a little bit safer for my clients, uh, those sort of things. Absolutely,
1: so what we typically see is that the programs that perform better in this space, they normally address a risk that is intrinsic to the product or service, right? So think about it. if we're shipping an item, obviously there are risks of you know something gets stolen or, or, or it's it's broken or is late. There are risks that are involved when you're shipping things. If you are renting something from somebody else or getting an asset that is not yours, there are, again similar risks. So what we tend to see is again the programs that do very well they address a, a, a this this risk that is intrinsic because customers already facing that risk, right? And as risk managers, is, it's kind of our job to understand that those risks are, are there and trying to mitigate or control them a, as much as possible. And yep. the good news of this embedded insurance uh, uh, world is that the way that you address those results, of course you can control, you can put verifications in place. There, there are ways to just reduce and try to kind of remove some of this risk. But for the part that can't be removed, we can start monetizing. right? You can flip it around and make it into a product. And as long as the customer understands the risk and feels the risk and is benefited by this transfer, there will be money to be made, right? Going back to my tour example, is that you know if I'm renting a Porsche, I want insurance because I know that you know I would do my best to drive, but then. Something can happen. A tree can fall. Like things that really, also, I understand. I'm exposed to to the risk, so I'm willing to pay for uh, insurance, as, assuming it is, is is priced properly and it's fair and all, all those things. Then, you know, it is just an example of how a risk that maybe prevent me from using turo and even like renting that Porsche now, because I have protection, I'll be more inclined to do so.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So it's a it's a, a dual purpose offering, isn't it? It it is a risk treatment plan for the underlying risk to the client, but yeah. maybe and and something that you've touched on for the risk managers that are listening uh, to the podcast, this is actually an opportunity risk as well, isn't it? It's an opportunity to potentially improve the quality of the product offering or the the scope of the product offering, and potentially add a growth opportunity for the organization by saying, hey, this is something that we're going to be able to offer that nobody else does in the marketplace. So that's fantastic.
1: Yes. Um,
0: I, I think in the insurance world, every risk is an opportunity,
1: right? Like provided that you know, there's enough data, there's enough underwriting, understanding, and that it can be priced correctly. Uh, yeah, it can absolutely be an opportunity.
0: Yeah, no, that's fantastic. That's excellent. So, Mateus, the markets that you're in at the moment and future plans are you are you aiming for global domination, or uh, you're going to stay in the US? What's your what are the plans? Uh,
1: we are we definitely plan to expand uh, globally. We are seeing signals and, and things happening in many different markets, and we definitely have the DNA. Both like me, me uh, a bit of a a global citizen have run international uh, areas of tour in the past. We definitely have global uh, ambitions. We are currently in the United States uh, for regulatory reasons. We are a licensed broker here. We work with carriers that are primarily domiciled here, but we are definitely considering uh, expanding internationally as quickly as possible.
0: Oh, that's excellent. No, that's great, and and I'm sure the the listeners will be looking forward to that opportunity. It sounds like a very rewarding thing that you do. What do you find most rewarding about it? And on the flip side, what do you find most challenging about it?
1: It's uh, very interesting. I just start by the the challenging, like insurance, is hard, right? For everybody that you know all the listeners in this call, I think we all understand that it is you now highly regulated uh, for for good reasons. So. Bringing innovation to insurance—it's it, not easy. I, as a yeah, as as founders, as like the professionals in the space, like we all understand that at times we want the things to move faster than they actually do. So you know, it definitely requires a mix of patience, but also like resilience to just keep pushing things and, and moving them as fast as possible. Uh, what I found the most rewarding is when we see our customers and kind of providing us you know again. The customers being the companies providing us some good feedbacks up there, and users are giving them. So he's knowing that you now because of tint, because of the technology and and the compliance and all the insurance in a box elements that we're providing, we can have people on the other side of this that are getting protection and are being covered when they need. I and mean, going back to the, the the Porsche example, right? Like, yeah, is this somebody that maybe will be liable to you know dozens of thousands of dollars because of 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 something wrong that happened and uh, because of of us now they are they are protected
0: Uh, Mateus, what's the process that you go through somebody touches base with tint and says listen i've got a a product offering that i'd like to to consider around the insurance offer what's the process you go through how does that unfold
1: Uh, we have basically two processes one is like we are actively looking and, and creating some solutions and templates on our side. So for our use cases that you know, we've seen before, you know, we're talking about shipping and, and vacation rentals. So like we will have solutions that are already available for those types of products and can be customized. We cannot discuss limits, deductibles, but let's say there are some of the elements that are already in place. Yep. And we have a parallel process. Which we work with companies that, you know, any crazy idea that they can they can have, we will consider. We will go through a rigorous selection process, and you know if the fundamentals are there to provide it like as an insurance product. You now, if there's good underwriting data, if you know, there's there's a market for it, if there's a way that those companies can actually distribute, if it's regulatory compliant, and if 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 we check some of the, um, the the points that we look for, we can work and create customized like program for that company.
0: Wow. So in some cases, you're actually creating new markets.
1: We are. uh, Absolutely. So there's one example. um, It's it's public, so we can talk about it. There's a a company uh, called Deal. They do global payroll management. So you can hire a contractor in a third country, in in a different country than yours. And they provide all the the, the contracts, the payments, like everything that go around that contractor. So part of the, what they do is to understand the local regulations so they can, the contracts they provide are compliant and they eliminate the risk or they reduce the risk of the debt contractor can be misclassified as an employee, for example. And then we work with Deal to create first um, misclassification guarantee product in the world where if the uh, company pays Geo, um, uh in that case, $50 more for, for that contract per month, Deal will, will guarantee that if there is any misclassification lawsuit brought from the contractor to the company, deal will cover. So effectively, they right. are protecting the risk of misclassification. And what enables them to do this is that they understand better than anybody the laws in these different countries. They have an army of lawyers. They, they provide the contract, so they have uh, a lot of control and risk mitigation in place. Yep. So that gives them the confidence to go as far as now guaranteeing that in this premium tier the the, the company will be uh, protected and and that's an idea that to be honest we never heard before yeah. but they came to us and then we work with them to launch the bring that to market in in a few months
0: wow that's fantastic and that that's what's really exciting about this offer isn't it, it it's it, you know with the right right thinking and you know the right data uh you know potentially you can ensure a lot of things that people would traditionally have said are uninsurable
1: Yes, and that's one of the most, to, to me, one of the most exciting parts of embedded insurance. Uh, right? It enables, um, because of the data that those companies have, because of the access to the customers and how they can distribute or or package that insurance as, as part of of a larger product and service. It enables an innovation. It enables insurance categories that didn't exist before. And yeah. I mean, going back to, to our example of Turo that we we're saying here, I mean. This PHP car sharing at a no, transaction by transaction basis only exists because Turo exists. If you had to call your agent every time you want to rent a car and get that separately, like that will be a lot, uh, a lot harder. Yeah. And that's a good example. I and mean, if you think about Airbnb, Uber, there are multiple examples of companies who created a completely new insurance category and have scaled that to hundreds of millions, if not billions, of dollars in premiums.
0: Yeah, it's it certainly sort of suggests that you could push the boundaries a little and, and start to think about things very differently from an insurance perspective. I, I guess there's the relatively straightforward uh, person selling, you know, mobile phone or cell phone mm-hmm. uh, handsets, you know, can provide that insurance, I guess. Yeah. Uh, as an offer built into the in into the price, so that's probably a bit more traditional, but um, that example you just gave of deals you know is is a really different application and just goes to show the potential of this.
1: yeah, and it shows by you know how how much of the insurance insurance market is, is 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 obviously a very large and you know, a trillion dollars market, but it still show how the there's a there's a significant portion of the world that is uncovered, right and yeah one of the I mean, we, I, we, we have experience in the US, which is more like a, a, de- a developed, a bit more developed and mature market. But we imagine that as we go, we start looking at countries where penetration of insurance is not traditionally as high. We're going to see even more opportunities of, you know, this kind of uh, new products that will reach the populations that kind of unfortunately didn't have access to insurance before.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, very much so. That's excellent. It's an exciting product, and it's obviously an exciting area, as you say. Hard work, nothing, nothing's free, and uh, in, insurance is always challenging. But um, I, I'm interested, uh, and as I always do, ask my guests what sort of things, what sort of advice, what sort of um, you know wise counsel would you give to some uh, someone starting out their career, uh, you know, a young person thinking about uh, getting started. You've been involved in new, if not startup type type businesses, what sort of advice would you give to young people just starting out their career and, you know, wanting to establish themselves?
1: I'm definitely biased um, here, but I would advise them to look for known standard path. I think, you know, they they could, uh, if they go work for an, an insure tech or again, a company that is that is launching insurance, so they can still get the benefits of uh, the risk training and understanding the fundamentals, but yep. they will already learn those in a context that yep. is going to be challenging, fast moving, and it's going to be innovative. I see that you know, creating that mindset from early days, it's very important because one of the you know, ch- challenge of the, in- the insurance industry is that yeah, things have been done a certain way for a long time, so yep. then, changes like it makes it harder to change. It's not obviously not impossible, and there are many examples of great insurance professions that come from traditional backgrounds and now are leading like now amazing innovations in in larger or small companies. But yep. on average, I would say it'd be easier to get that to learn fast to move faster um, if you are in an innovative, challenging environment from from the beginning. And I personally uh, advise people to focus on growth early yep. on in their career because that's by far the most important part. The salaries, the promotions, the like that that will all come if somebody's growing fast and becoming a more uh, competent professional.
0: Yeah. Well that's great advice, Mateus. So, you know, people have just got to keep learning. I I you know, I'm I'm a little bit older than you. Um <laughs> But I like to pride myself on trying to learn something all the time. You know, there's it's it, you never stop learning, is the old saying, and I think that's great advice. And it it starts when you first join the workforce, and it stops probably yeah. the day you uh, you leave, and it might not even stop then.
1: <laughs> and, and Andrew, I think it's it's a it's a mindset. If you have a learning mindset that never changes, and yeah. you see examples of one of my uh, favorite examples of that is. Warren Buffett, right? And we—I mean, I I obviously never met him personally, but everything I hear, read uh, about him shows that how to this day he is still on top of all the things he's doing, learning very fast, and how how he has this learning mindset that just um, now he's never gonna stop until he retires or or something. And that is a lot more important than yeah, uh, yeah, everything else.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, that's great advice. Thank you for that. And I'm sure the uh, the younger listeners will appreciate uh, that guidance. So, Matthias, that's fantastic. Um, it sounds like really exciting work at Tint, and this is going to be something that I think we're going to hear a lot more about in future. So, thank you for taking the time and and sharing. How do people get in touch with you if they want to know more? What's the best way to to touch base?
1: Uh, the best way, they can either go through our website, if they go to www.tint.ai, um, and they can go through the contact us, we do read and everything, and then you're going to get contact to, uh, to, with the right people. Uh, I'm very active on LinkedIn, so please feel free to to add me on LinkedIn and, and, and mention uh, the podcast, and I'll be up more than happy to, to assist from there.
0: Excellent. No, fantastic. And I will also put the uh, contact details in the show notes as well. So fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, thank you again for spending some time with us today, Matthias.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I think it was a a great conversation. I hope uh, the listeners would would enjoy.
0: I'm sure they will. And listeners, uh, there you go. Another great conversation. Hopefully you found that interesting. That's a a very uh, fascinating concept that hopefully will hit the shores of many uh, countries uh, shortly. We're based here in Australia. We don't get that yet, but hopefully Mateus and the team at Tint will uh, will keep us in mind. Uh, and for those in the US, uh, obviously you can look him up at any stage and, and have that discussion. So hopefully you found the chat today very interesting. As I said, I'm Anthony Wilson. This is Mastering Risk Management. Thank you for tuning in yet again. Cheers.